Howdy, Ben here. FYI, just before we start the show, I was petting some of my friend's cats yesterday, and it turns out I might be allergic because I was so stuffed up and really sniffly during the entire recording of our show. So I've edited a lot of the sniffles out, however, if you still hear some, or I just sound like crap in general, that's why. Anyways, it's been a long time since the previous episode, so I don't want to make you wait any longer. Please enjoy the show. Hello, you're listening to the Banaka Cast, and I'm your host, Banaka. I'll keep it real, it has been about 10 months since the last episode of this. I've been doing a few things that I've just been busy, I've procrastinated, and I've gone around to it. However, this is a show I care about, and so I'm bringing it back. Today, I have two special guests with me, so it's not just me talking alone for an hour. Um, go ahead and introduce yourself, guys. All right. I'm Nolan. I'm the sexiest man alive. You know, no. that's my job role, really. If I, if there's any hot redheads, goths, blondes, any combination of the above. Yeah. Anything else you want to say? No, that's right. pretty much me. Um, and I'm Kyla. My brother over here is an idiot, so don't listen to anything he said because it's all false. Okay, it's good to have you guys here. I do not like uh, beating around the bush at the intro of podcasts, so we're just going to jump right into it. There's only really one piece of news that I want to talk about um, that's really recent because it's the only thing that a large part of the internet has been talking about, and that is the trailer for Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, I assume you guys have seen this trailer. It's been around. You haven't? No. Okay. Absolutely have. It's uh, It broke records for the most views in one Day, I think it was something like 355 million, um, which is a, a few. Um, that's what I'm expecting to get on the 2020 Bennies. So, you know, it's uh, it, it's good stuff. Um, what was your main takeaway from the trailer? My main takeaway from the trailer, you know, it looks like it'll be another good Spider-Man movie, really. Yeah, another, another weird one. I, I just recently watched the, the last one in the series. I, I didn't check it out on launch. I sort of forgot it was even a thing. But but it was really good. Are we talking about Far From Home? Yeah. Okay. That one. That was a good one. The one where he's like, he uses the drone or whatever and he kills the random guy. He's like, haha, sucks to suck, idiot. That's a very poor description of it, but yeah. Yeah. So I watched the trailer, you know, I was, I was, I've been waiting for this movie for a while. I think the last time they talked about it, it was supposed to come out this summer, which is... I think it was always a December release. Oh, was it? I think so. They delayed Mobius, Mor- Morbius, the Jared Leto vampire Spider-Man movie. What? Can't, can't <laughs> have seen anything about, no. there, about there was, Morbius. There was a trailer, he's like... He's based off of... He's a Spider-Man villain from the comics. The Vampire Man. And it looks bad. It's like in the same universe as Venom or something. Or maybe it isn't. It, Michael Keaton's vulture appears in the trailer. Um, yeah. That was supposed to be the summer. It's next year now. Why do they keep letting Jared Leto back into things? Jared Leto just proves how terrible he is as an actor time and time again. Like... He, especially as the Joker, too. Like, he's had his third third time trying out the Joker. Second, I think, in the Snyder cut. He does Heath Ledger at the end, too. He does a really, really terrible Heath Ledger impression. And it's just, like, it, it's a slap in the face. It's a slap in the face and balls simultaneously. Jared Leto, no good, but the new Spider-Man trailer had a few reveals. Doctor Strange is in it, which I knew, at least, because of... Uh, information that was out and the lego sets that were revealed and such i keep up to date with that stuff but uh the main thing that people are talking about is the returning characters from other spider-man movies there's uh of course at the end of the trailer alfred molina's doc ock um as well as green goblins pumpkin bombs and laugh there's lightning which alludes to electro jamie fox is in it uh, and he says he won't be blue this time. Uh, there is one shot in particular that could be the lizard of the Amazing Spider-Man uh, franchise, as well as possibly Sandman. There's a lot of sand going around. I don't know. Is any of that of interest to you? I'd say it's of of good interest to me. I love all the original Spider-Man villains and everything, especially watching 
I think I've watched all the other movies, especially the absolutely incredible Andrew Garfield ones that everyone loves so, so much uh, multiple times. Yeah, I I do feel like it looks like they might be building up to a Sinister Six, which I think that if they're going to do that, if you want to do that in one movie, the best way to do that is to just use previously established villains. That way you don't need to work on them as much with the you know character buildup and all that. So... I, good, I guess. I've only seen Spider-Man 1 and 2. I haven't seen the Amazing Spider-Man stuff. I haven't seen Spider-Man 3. Um, I would like... Because it's basically Spider-Verse, which I really like that Spider-Verse movie, and it's just the live-action version of that. I'm more looking forward to the Spider-Verse sequel because they have the Japanese Spider-Man uh, show version in that, apparently. So if they brought that into this, because there is rumors of... Of course, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield reappearing as their uh, Spider-Man. So wh- whatever, I, I, it can work. Who knows? Maybe it'll be bad, but I like Homecoming a lot. Far from Home, I thought was fine. Um, I don't know. It's uh, it seems like a good December movie, good Christmas thing. Yeah, I like it. Also, it's definitely a good spin on the Spider-Man series and everything. I'm- Sort of sick of watching the same story of Green Goblin play out again and again. Yeah, I I, I don't... I do like the small-scale Spider-Man stuff, but that probably works better for TV. This, at least with Doctor Strange, seems to be getting weird, and that's probably where it should go. There's also rumors of uh, Charlie Cox returning as Daredevil. Of course, played him in the Netflix uh, TV show. If he's not in it, that's fine. If he is, great. I think that's a really cool character and a really good performance. If you heard any clicking before, don't worry. The threat has been terminated. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we're going to get into the film discussion. We we just watched two movies. Kyla was only there for like one and a half, sort of. And it's late. I'm tired. <laughs> I think everyone's relatively tired. But we watched Shin Godzilla from 2016. Directed by, I forget. Someone? The, the Evangelion Man. Logan, or Nolan, can you help me out? <laughs> Hideaka on. Uh, 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 um, words. Um, Hideaka. Uh, fuck. Um, silly robot sad Ono guy. Look him up. He did Shin Godzilla, Evangelion, Ultraman, all that fun stuff. His name will pop up pretty quick. Um, and we also watched Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. I do not know who directed it as well. I probably probably should have looked into that, but it's uh we watched them both on standard HD Blu-ray. So Hideaki Anno. Yeah, good luck saying it. Um. <laughs> the fir- the first film, Shin Godzilla. I've seen it before. I saw it once uh, with my mom. My mom did not finish it. She had to go to bed, or maybe she just wasn't interested, um, because there is a large chunk of the movie I think that is largely uninteresting. Um, there is some. I think some really cool spins on the Godzilla design and the Godzilla uh, mythos. And it is uh, one of the higher rated critically of the Godzilla films. It won Best Picture at the the Japan Academy of Awards. So basically their version of the Oscars. However, I personally don't think it lives up to the hype. Obviously, there are a lot of people who disagree with me. What do you guys think? I have to agree with that personally. There's a lot of... um... Obviously, it's supposed to be a commentary on how Japan handles its uh, natural disasters and everything, constantly twiddling their thumbs and having to go through a bunch of different boards to get things done. But there comes a point when there becomes too much commentary, and it becomes commentary first, Godzilla after. And that's what uh, Shin Godzilla ends up feeling like for a majority of its runtime. Yeah, I agree. I was only there for about half the movie, but it seemed like all of the commentary, all of the boardrooms and like all that, like completely overshadowed the fact that it was a Godzilla movie. It was more just meetings and all that instead of actual footage of the action. Or yeah. Anything. Yeah. Now I I've seen a fair many of many Godzilla films now, and a lot of it, of course, none of them have the majority being the monsters. It, that's hard to do. It's hard to carry a story on just two animals. Um, you would need to, some real creative visual storytelling for that. 
But when it comes to the human characters, is I think it's very important to have characters that are interesting. And even a film like uh, King of the Monsters, which has uh, what many people see as, as pretty very bland characters, I still enjoy them. I still remember most of their names. I still like them on screen. I still feel sad if one of them die. With this, I don't really care about any of them in particular. And I think... To an extent, that's what the movie was trying to do. What I, One of the interpretations I read online, which seems to make the most sense to me, is that all of the characters, all of the, just the plethora of uh, government officials and military agents, they're all collectively, they're the protagonist of Japan versus the antagonist of Godzilla. And I really, and, and in some ways they are their own antagonist, but I do feel as though I, I still wish I could... It doesn't make me care for Japan. Like, I don't want all of the people to die, necessarily. But if any of those... We're not we're not doing spoilers yet. Well, I'll, I'll mark when spoilers is. But there is at least one notable character that dies. And I feel absolutely nothing. Because they're just sort of there. And, and the, the weight of that isn't felt, really, for me, at least. I get what it's trying to say. But, like Nolan said, it does become too much at a certain point. And it is sort of exhausting i think there, there is a part i do sort of phase out in the second half after godzilla's like first real rampage the way where he's really like evolved because he does have a few different forms in the film and i sort of phase out because it's just all the same thing and it, like it made its point really early on it it, it 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 struggles to hold my attention yeah I have to agree, especially with the... Uh, I, I do like sort of the protagonist being all a Japan standpoint, because now if I think about it, if I compare it to some of the more recent Godzilla movies and having Millie Bobby Brown and everyone run around, and I have no idea what they did for all of those movies, and it feels like I'm just wasting my time. To where here, at least I know everyone's trying to accomplish something, and it feels professionally done. And, you know, it just feels like they're wasting less of my time like they're, they're still wasting my time for sure going boardroom to boardroom to boardroom but yeah. it's better than watching millie boppy brown screw around for 40 minutes and then spill a drink on a computer or something i don't know yeah because they are at least if we're to compare it to the more recent godzilla versus kong I, I like that movie i like that movie more than shin godzilla and that is because of the action and i i care about the monsters and i i feel like there's more i feel like there's somehow more at stake in that but it is sort of this like do you take these bland characters that mean something or these bland characters that have a little more individuality and a little more personality to them even if they are not really if they're a little flat still i don't know it's it's weird because it has a lot this shin godzilla has a lot going for it there's unique there's a unique spin on the godzilla design it um, evolves in a few different ways, the atomic breath is played with, um, and not only the shape, the color, uh, where it comes from. There's a lot going for the it in that regard, and even stuff like the boardrooms. There's so many, but it is well shot. If people are standing still, uh, they're framed quite nicely. There's a few interesting POV shots, whether it's from folding chairs being pushed around or uh, the inside of a laptop stuff like that is interesting the style does become a little frustrating when they have these obviously there's subtitles which us, us english speakers try to read but then i'll have like the name of a character and, and the name of the room or the hallway or the platform that they're in at the same time like every single scene and it goes until like right up until the very end yeah and it gets like that I just sort of started ignoring it at a certain point because none of it's important. I don't know if you guys would feel the same way about this story, but it is, in many ways, it's a remake of the original film where it's basically Godzilla rampages through the city. They It's the first sighting of this and they try to stop it. However, in the original film, it's very, very, it's, it was only like uh, nine years after Hiroshima and Nagasaki. So that was, it was, there was a lot more weight to that and the discussion of radioactive weapons. Um, had a lot more weight, and that's sort of the big conflict of the film, including how to stop Godzilla. Here, the issue is, like, just how will Japan reform, and there is some mention of that era, but it's not, it, it doesn't feel the same weight for me, because this was made so long after. Um, yeah, it's not as prominent. Yeah, 
I don't feel like there, it didn't feel like there was at much at stake because when the original film was made, there was, Japan was not in a good place. And when this film was made, it's, it's in a much different place. And I just don't feel like I cared as much. And it also didn't provoke much thought because like, what would Japan do? That's really the only question that it boasts. While the original film holds a much more heavy debate on weapons of mass destruction. And that to me is why that movie holds up and this movie is just sort of a, like a, feels like a research project in that regard. Yeah, yeah, the, the plot's very light. It definitely feels more akin to a lot of just more recent action films or some video games and stuff where the plot is obviously not supposed to be too riveting. It's just supposed to be a quick bit of thrill and forgotten about, I would assume. How did you feel about the action? I thought the action was great. Godzilla looks amazing in the entire movie. It's, yeah. again, shot very beautifully. The composition and all the um, the music is very on par. They've used a bunch of different unique things. They have a bunch of music that calls back to older Godzilla bits. And, of course, the director worked on Evangelion. He calls to that with some of the music. I'm sure there's other pieces of music that call to other things. It just all fits very well with the scenes they're in. And, and now I, I'm sure I'm wrong here, but at least we, like, you recognize the stuff that originated from Evangelion. I recognize the stuff that originated from older Godzilla films, but I didn't feel like there was a lot of music in between that felt like it was original music. It was largely reused and recycled stuff, which is, it's not to discredit that music. They've all obviously used really good music, but there is um one track, you Shazam it was called, like, Battle of uh, in Outer Space or something. I think it was from uh, Invasion of Astro Monster, or maybe it was Ghidorah, one of the older films. I don't know if it worked. I really think that the dark presence of the film really could have used some deep, foreboding tunes. Like, the original Godzilla theme is there when he's emerging from the water in the middle of the film, and it's very ominous, and that works really well, because, of course, that's like it's his theme. It's held up for so many years for a reason, and the action is good. There's obviously the main rampage at night, and that whole sequence is really, even when I thought the CGI is a little iffy at times, it looks really stunning the way that they use fire and darkness together. Yeah, I thought definitely that piece of music, the one that Shazam, the invasion of whatever it was, I can't really remember the name quite well, but but it feels really, really out of place. It's definitely the, the biggest piece that it's like, huh. This must be in here for just homage, because it, it, it even sounds old there. It, it, they didn't yeah. make an attempt at remastering it at all, or trying to fit it with the movie. It sounds very old-fashioned. Yeah, it's out of place. It's weird. That's why we, I think, picked up on it so quickly, too. Yeah, and, and that's where, like, for example, Godzilla King of the Monsters, they take a few tracks, they take particularly Godzilla's main title... They take a Mothra song. Um, they didn't even take. They didn't take Ghidorah's, which I wish they did. But they take uh, Godzilla and Mothra's theme most notably, and they take. They do modern renditions of it with like background vocals, um, as if to sound uh, more tribal or ancient. Uh, the, the it's much more heavily orchestrated, and I think it sounds great. And what they used in this was. I believe it was the same composer. They It was more or less just the original tracks covered by the same guy. So it's just like a re-release, really. It's good music, but I w it could have had a really, really strong original soundtrack if they had used... Because they have the same composer, right? Yeah. yeah. Music just, like, didn't do any favors for the movie. Didn't, like, make it stronger in any way. It was just kind of reused. And it just kind of killed some of the impact yeah yeah i think like nolan said the invader battle in outer space whatever it's called that was really <laughs> that really kind of took me out of it because it is like in the climax of the movie yeah it's just there it feels weird it's it's, it's goofy do you guys want to get into spoilers sure yeah good time okay i guess the um godzilla has a few transformations throughout the film of course he starts in the water um and then he gets on land and he's he's like dropping blood wherever he goes a uh, little weird but i kind of like that aspect of it and once he gets to his big form it's a good design right like it's it's dark it's the eyes it, it looks like a shark almost I, that's what it reminds me of mm -hmm. um 
and and the tail is like we just spoke yeah. about it's the longest it comes yeah. on the tail and it has a little mouth it shoots a little beam as well uh yeah yeah i, I like the tail and it, it's sort of at the very end where they they just freeze godzilla i i don't even really understand how that works they like put something in his mouth and put it, yeah. it like just coolant in him and then he's like gonna get up and he goes to do something, and then he just, like, sort of flash freezes on the spot. I it, don't know. Yeah. And they used, like, 25% more coolant than they calculated would freeze him, too. I, I don't know. It just happens. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, knocking him down, which I just sort of like the weird train bombs and the just dropping yeah. buildings on him. Yeah. That's, that's, that's sort of fun. Yeah, but It's good. It's where the film displays all of its... Um, action where it's worth the waiting for the runtime and everything for big set pieces like the climax where they're blowing up a bunch of random crap and they're having planes basically snake onto the guy and while they're exploding and everything it looks uh it looks interesting for sure but yeah. it's entertaining and fun to watch you mentioned the runtime there i i do sort of part of me wishes it's like two hours long part of me wishes it was like 20 minutes shorter at least just do if you could if you had like the main rampage through the city and then you cut out like 20 minutes of boardroom before the climax it could have been like almost non-stop action until the end mm -hmm. and i don't feel like you're really missing anything if you cut that out i think what is the most interesting thing about the design is the ending in which the final shot of the movie is it, it starts to pan up godzilla and it reveals that as he was frozen, he was evolving into a final form, which had little humanoids, humanoid Godzillas or whatever they are, coming out of the Godzilla's tail, which I've seen, they built like a, they built an actual prop one, it looks very freaky, it's very weird, and it's never really been something that's been seen in a Godzilla film, and I think that is such a, such new ground to take it in. Because for me, with the exception of the design, the plot is largely just recycled stuff. And so that could have been a really, really great twist. And you could have cut out boardroom stuff. You could have that at like the end of the main rampage and mm -hmm. deal with that in the third act, maybe. I just think it's such an interesting idea that he's just sort of left to your imagination as to what would happen. And it is a little frustrating for me. Yeah, I don't believe he plans to make a... A sequel or anything either i mean i may be entirely wrong on that especially now that he's done with his other projects but i believe the talk was that he doesn't plan to do a shin godzilla sequel ever so i think i think it's up in the air but maybe if um maybe if he sees all the success that it's getting uh to go back and make a sequel and hopefully touch on those freaky little humanoid <laughs> things again yeah I, it is i think it is I could be wrong, but I've heard that it's in the same universe as the Netflix anime trilogy. Not not the new Singular Point show, but they did a tri trilogy of films. I've seen most of the first one. I, I fell asleep and never went back to it, really. But yeah. it's sort of up in the air what Toho wants to do with the Japanese films. Because, of course, you have the Warner Brothers Monsterverse, which is all the American stuff. And that seems to be being kick-started up again after the success of Godzilla vs. Kong, even in the pandemic. So they're probably just waiting. But, I, you know, there is stuff you can do. I do also, this was the first all-CGI Japanese film. Not all-CGI, but Godzilla's all-CGI. And I do like Suitmation to an extent, especially when it gets more advanced. You can do a mix of Suitmation and CG, I think, now. In a way where it looks convincing because there is a certain certain it feels a little more real i don't know i think there's a lot of they do a good job of making godzilla feel like a real threat in this film with yeah. pov shots uh from the ground especially and they make him look very menacing and towering Nolan, you kept talking about how you would simply go out of the way of godzilla <laughs> and start looting so i don't know if you felt that same threat uh as i but Probably not. I need a good flat screen, man. He's he's walking slow. He's like thirteen kilometers an hour. I think he's also said. like, like yeah, slicing yeah. through it's buildings. It's not like he's gonna pivot uh pivot on a heel and start walking back to where um he's just mashed his way through ten minutes before. And while I'm trying to get my beautiful flat screen, yeah, yeah. I I uh the death I I I mentioned a death earlier. And uh, there's a moment where the prime minister 
as leaving in a helicopter and they just get lasered and it <laughs> explodes and that's it. The Love Prime it. Minister's dead. And I just didn't really care. He was probably my favorite character up until that point because he was the one that seemed the most, like, he was obviously in the most power, but yeah. he just had no idea what to do. And he was a little clueless and part of me liked that. But at the same time, when he died, I just did not feel anything. Yeah, it was you kind of just you, like, eh, Prime Minister's dead. You even said you missed it your first time through, didn't yeah. you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just... First time I watched it, they just said, oh, he died. And I was like, oh, he must have been in some tunnel or or, or some other car. I, I thought he died off screen. And in a way, he did, but it's, it's so quick that that you just you have to hear that line of dialogue or it's like oh yeah the prime minister and eight others are being transported and then just gets toasted yeah yeah it's a blinking and you miss it moment which feels weird when it's your most built up character in the film a little bit yeah i don't know i think we have another plot after that with some woman trying to become the american president there there is an american uh an asian american woman american born because she she wants to be president but I believe she said it was her grandmother's or grandfather's uh, who who was from Japan, and uh, she she has a little more charisma than a, a large rush of the cast. But a lot a lot of that is just speaking English at random points, like it, she'll say one sentence in Japanese and then the next in English for no apparent reason. I wasn't even sure if a lot of the people she was talking to spoke English at all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> who knows maybe it's some government requirement i doubt it but that was like it, it, it was you mentioned to taking that you out of the movie a little bit yeah it just it always feels bizarre when you're watching a piece of media that's in an entirely different language and then all of a sudden there's english lines in it whether it be song or, or show or anime or movie or even game it just feels bizarre and then especially when you realize it's there for nothing like, she just keeps switching back every other line, and there's there's no point in it, and then it goes back to not being a thing within ten minutes. It's just bizarre. Yeah. I, I, I think of the, um, we recently saw The Suicide Squad, and there's a bit in that where I imagine, if you're watching that and your uh, first spoken language was Spanish, there's a part where King Shark just says, uh, see at one point yeah. but it's played for laughs and it's part of a joke and it's not something that comes back so obviously if you're go if you're just using an another language that isn't the main one spoken in the film you know at least use it for a reason yeah instead they're just like look he's learning spanish nothing ever happened again with the spanish he learned <laughs> yeah yeah and shin godzilla is just a, a woman speaking english oddly she'll just say sure or like just full sentences, I trust you, and, and even more. Where, I, no one, no one else spoke in English. I I really couldn't tell if they knew what she was saying. I think it'd be funny if they just ha did not know. Um, but you know who knows? It, it could yeah. go either way. It'd be like recording a podcast and randomly switching languages. It'd be like, yeah, Godzilla was pretty cool. Uh, Yo grito di pero no me escucha. Yeah, I really enjoyed the movie. It just feels it just feels jarring, you know? And what's that in English? I guess we'll never know. <laughs> yeah, I guess we'll never know. Yeah, it's it's I understand what it's trying to do. And I think it accomplishes what it's trying to do, but I do feel like it doesn't accomplish enough to hold my attention for me to care. There's a technical aspect of it I really enjoy. The craft at hand is the best that it can be, I think. Um, for what they were going for and the budget they had. Um, I actually, I, I, let me look up what the budget was real quick. I don't know where my phone is. Here it is. You, you guys <laughs> say something. It's definitely a couple million at least. Yeah. It's I, definitely not a low budget, especially for it being the first Godzilla movie in Japan in a while and having to invest in all the CG animation. I'm going to guess 30 million. Which is still lower My than something. On maybe twenty. Joker has uh fifty million. Okay. Uh, oh, it, it had a budget of fifteen million. I was pretty close. Yeah, which is very low, and uh, box office of seventy eight million. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming that is. I don't know if that's worldwide or not. Um, huh. Well, still fifteen million. 
that's why I mean for 15 million the CGI looks pretty solid um, especially at night of course because it's easier to hide CGI flaws yeah. in dark like I said I thought it my mom I know she didn't think it looked real at all especially in its early stages I don't think it's really like it's obviously nothing that we've seen before so I think it, I, I think it actually looks pretty solid in its early stages I think it looks real enough it feels like it's going through the city I just I do wish that a movie like this that has clearly good technical craft and minds behind it who know how to who know how to make clear a, a really clear strong visual presentation on a slow budget I just wish that we could focus a little more on characters because in my perfect world even though it's called Godzilla the people watching it are human and so the humans should be just as interesting and just yeah. as compelling as the monster that it's named after I I <laughs> I don't really have anything else to say. I, I, I don't know if you guys have any closing thoughts. Uh, we can give any ratings if, if, if you have any. I'm pretty... S- I, the rewatch didn't really change my rating. You said it was a 6 out of 10, right? Yeah, yeah, that's, 6 out of 10 is... I feel pretty solid about that. I still feel positive about the movie. I just feel a little let down. I think I'll give it a 7. From comparing it to other Godzilla movies, maybe maybe about a nine. I don't know. I haven't seen them all, obviously. All thirty-one or how many, however many there is now. Um, I've yeah. seen a couple, but it was it's definitely a good watch, kaiju-wise. So you're you're giving it a nine on the Godzilla spectrum, seven on a film. Yeah, because it's right. it's not okay. it's not the best movie I've ever seen ever. You know. Yeah. No, I don't feel I, I don't feel that way. I think it's sort of middle of the row yeah. for Godzilla stuff. I think even older stuff. I just want to have fun with it, <laughs> and and I have fun with this one to an extent. There's a few jokes to be made, but it does uh does land a little flat for me. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts? Even though you're only here for half yeah, the I last was, half. I was only here for a little bit. Um. I I really like the design of Godzilla, so I'd probably give it like a seven, not like on a movie scale, on like the Godzilla spectrum scale, purely on the design. But yeah, the actual film could have used a bit more um, entertainment instead of just boardroom scenes. A little more oomph. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you didn't see the derpy Godzilla either. That was kind of interesting. Yeah, I liked, <laughs> the early derpy Godzilla. I, I like that. I liked how this one's jaw, like, opened up. Yeah, his jaw hinges. I totally forgot that. Yeah. That's like... I, that is... I like that a lot, actually. It's one of the cooler parts about the design, I think. Yeah. The, um... Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I've never really thought about rating things on the Godzilla spectrum, but I'd probably consider it about the same where i just think it's sort of in the middle there's stuff that's way worse there's 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 stuff in this movie (laughs) that's way stronger than others but i just tend to enjoy some of the older stuff that i've seen more but yeah it's sort of in in the middle it's definitely not the worst like it's not even close to the worst godzilla movie but i don't think it's close to the best either that's all yeah that's fair all right shall we move on to killer tomatoes (laughs) yes i looked it up and it turns out that our next film, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, is directed by John DeBello, who is um, an American director from my understanding, and he directed six films, four of them being Attack of the Killer Tomatoes uh, franchise. This was a 1978 film, and it is a comedy. I think we're just going to do all spoilers, because what is there even to say? <laughs> well, well... <laughs> Attack the Killer Tomatoes. Honestly, I'm not sure what happened for most of the runtime. It's sort of a, it's sort of a trip. It's really hard to follow. I mean, I guess what, what do you want to expect from 1978 and basing a movie off tomatoes? It's a little hard to track. Apparently, the budget was only a hundred thousand dollars too, which is definitely impressive for what they did. Yeah, they're crashing helicopters. Yeah, they're crashing helicopters, they're mobilizing tanks, they're blowing up random stuff. It's like, (laughs) actually, it sounds pretty exciting when we phrase it that way. (laughs) Yeah. It's not. They do, that's interesting, because they do stretch their budget. It's like they get away with more than 
you initially like suspect because you have stuff like a little helicopter that just hits the ground like not very far from the main cast and then you just have a big very clearly fake prop tomato rolling down the hill or whatever and it's clearly parodying b-movies of its genre and it's doing so in a way where you sort of almost forgive the crappy nature of the props because it's a parody but it's like it is bad in that regard it it sort of it almost like i th- i feel like it almost slips away with with having it both ways where you have like real stuff and then you also have fake stuff and it's it looks cheap at times very cheap yeah <laughs> but there's also times where it looks like this is sort of dangerous what they're doing oh yeah yeah, I really like the scene with the guys being dragged behind the cars <laughs> for a couple of blocks. That was pretty, that was pretty entertaining. I don't know if they'd be able to get away with that with real people today. Well, they'd have stunts or CGI or whatever. It, it, I don't know. It's a. Does someone want to explain the plot? <laughs> I don't even think any of us know the plot. I think we um, follow it. I think. The one guy was, like, evil and wanted to be known or something because he wasn't the president, so he controlled a shit ton of tomatoes to (laughs) to murder a bunch of people so he could stop the tomatoes at a later date and be a hero. Basically, Syndrome from The Incredibles or Mysterio from Spider-Man. Yeah. Seen it a few times. Who knows? Maybe this is the first version of that. I don't think it is. Yeah, from my understanding... Tomatoes somehow uh, became sentient, and there was a man who was the uh, senator uh, who controlled them using a song, Puberty Love, which is a, a very crap song. And or he was able, he was not able to control them, but he was able to um, reduce them to a regular tomato, I guess. Yeah. Um, and they send this guy. Was his name Mason Dixon? Yeah. Who he has his weird little suicide squad, as I called them, of <laughs> people with different skills. There's a woman who swims good, who does not swim at all in the movie, from my understanding. She has a box of steroids and then dies. Um, that's a serial, for the record, for those who haven't seen it. There's a scuba dude who we see like once. Yeah, he goes in a fountain, and I don't recall seeing him after that. Yeah. Nope, he just fucks right off from there he's just gone yeah there's a child that we also see like once yeah i i didn't even know he was part of the team <laughs> the uh the master the... of camouflage yeah. yeah master of disguise i yeah. like that character he's my favorite character i think because he uh he's it's just stupid was the first thing he dresses up as Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, he was black Abraham Lincoln, and then he was black Hitler. <laughs> and yeah. then he was I was, was half a expecting him to be a Klan member in the end. <laughs> that would, you know, I, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, like with they the could've. direction they were heading. But no, instead he, instead he goes for the giant tomato costume so he can infiltrate the <laughs> tomato base or something. And he did, and he like sat down with them and was like Just talking and yeah. yeah. But then he got caught because he asked for ketchup. But then we don't know what happens to him. Yeah. yeah so his they, fate is unknown. They faked it out once before with the dark meat bit. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. It's very strange. Because I like spoof movies. I love Austin Powers. Uh, at least two of those movies. I really like Spaceballs. Um, there's good parody movies out there. And this is an early one. And it's sort of all over the place. Yeah. Like we, Sorry, go ahead. We kind of just get, like, thrown into the movie. It's kind of just all of a sudden, there's tomatoes and they're killing people. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's very little build-up. Um, you just go and you see cops that are shooting at people and you sort of get an idea of what's going on. But there's a fair amount of characters. None of them get any real development because they're all... It's a short movie and there's, like, a... There is, like, at least ten different players in the movie uh there's a guy who does like sales pitches 
um, for the villain who it's never ended up, they're never ended up used in any way, I don't think. No. That sort of thing goes off. There's just like a musical number with the same guy, which I did not love. Um, there's a musical moment with some soldiers, which I liked a little more. Because <laughs> it was sort of like their song going off to war. I mean, the dancing was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, they they got into it. Um, <laughs> there's a bit with, like, the police officers in the beginning. I don't even really remember what happened to them. And I, like, just watched the movie. Uh, they were getting thrown tomatoes at their car. There's stuff going on. Like, there's a soldier who falls out of the sky onto a car without a parachute um, who joins. He, he becomes, like... Mason Dixon's... Like, like right-hand man. Yeah. He was, like, one of the main characters. Yeah, he wasn't even in the main lineup of, for the team. Yeah, and then there's, like, the lady, what's, Linda? Liv, was it? No. I don't was know, the stupid spy or whatever. Yeah. The spy, sent yeah. by the president? Yeah. To do something. something. Like to, like, spy on uh, Mason Dixon for some reason? Yeah, I wasn't really. Yeah, it I, was I didn't really follow weird. that. Honestly, it's just one of those things, like... I'm not exactly expecting it to be the next Naked Gun or Austin Powers or any of that. You know, none of that actually matters as long as it's funny. But the humor in this is either just not funny or it's just way too dated. I, I think I might have laughed two or three times. And the the only scene I think I will probably remember is the, the, the dubbing joke. That's the best part of the movie, I, I thought. That that was, to, for me, that was where I laughed the most. It caught me the most off guard. Of course, there's the Asian scientist who just as soon as he speaks is an awful American voicing over all of his lines. And it, it caught me so off guard. And just watching, like, having watched a lot of foreign stuff recently, I don't really watch dubs, but of course I've experienced them. And so that just, I don't know. I like that as a film guy. I really like that bit, and there's also the whole room where the room is, it's Tiny. yeah, it's really small, and they have to like crawl over the table to get in their seats. And there's a fish tank on the floor. Yeah, that's he like <laughs> knocks over a a ship, and the picture of the ship sinks into the water. So, I don't really know what the context behind that ship was, but the only like the going over the table bit, it felt a little like long. However, what did get me is when they all start arguing about nothing, and then the guy who yeah. showed up late, he comes in, and now he has to crawl over the table at the same time as everyone else is talking. Yeah. It just, it, com- it compiled in a, a fairly natural way. And I, I don't, I kind of like that scene. There's a part where the captain says it's major or something. I did not understand that joke. Yeah. It might just be too dense to get understand it but me either yeah same i I don't know if it was some lack of properly following along maybe it was a gag earlier in the movie maybe something got cut out and the joke just falls flat now maybe it just doesn't make sense (laughs) yeah the music is pretty atrocious all around like i mean the intro music wasn't all like it wasn't the worst thing but i just i i'm i'm talking more like the score for the movie yeah it's very cheesy 70s stuff and i like the 70s era like i like all the cars i like the weird boxy suits that stuff is fine but it's just it wasn't even like i don't care that it sounds cheesy it was just sort of annoying at times all of it's been scrubbed from my memory already i just know that in the (laughs) end like mason dixon ends up with the girl who was spying on him for some reason. Yeah, they're just kind of like, Mason, Lois, that was her Lois, name. yeah, it was Lois. Yeah, Lois, and like Lois. calling back and forth. Then he jumps into their ar- her arms, and they're in love. And they have a voiceover musical number, which... <laughs> the, the third of the movie. Yeah, it wasn't as funny as the dubbing joke. They, I can tell they really tried it. Just, again, it, it went on for too long. They, they Certain jokes, they, they really like... They overdo it a little bit. Yeah. And the tomatoes, like, we're not really talking about the tomatoes because they're not even in it that much. Yeah, they kind of <laughs> just kill some people sometimes. Yeah. Lois. I turned myself into a tomato, Lois. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah, there is jokes you can do. 
with the tomatoes. Like, the, even stuff where it's intentionally bad, which I sort of enjoyed. Um, like, they, they've captured a large, a growing tomato, and the chains are just clearly not connected to anything. So, yeah. like, how it's been captured, that there's clearly jokes in, like, how the tomatoes are attacking people, whether it's, like, a, a shot, a reversed shot to make the tomato go up the stairs. Or yeah. just throwing tomatoes at people. People die off screen all the time. Which is something that happens in horror movies. But, you know, in a regular horror movie, you know how they die. With this, it's just sort of implied that the tomato kills them. Yeah. They do do sort of like a Jaws tomatoes in the water. They do they do some stuff with it. I, I just feel like y- you could do a little more. <laughs> There's not even that many tomatoes, it yeah. seems. Yeah, because at the end, when they, like, blast the song to reduce them all to regular tomatoes, there's, like, a lot of tomatoes, but, like, not enough to have filled the entire United States. There's a a lot of small tomatoes outside, but, like, what, five large ones roll up to the main show? They're not even of equal size? Yeah. Oh, don't forget about the big scary tomato with the earmuffs. Yeah, yeah that, okay, that, <laughs> that I... That pretty funny. I thought that was funny, because it's, you know, just... There's a certain charm to that, just like, oh no, well, yeah, what if they did figure that out? Because there's just some sort of form of communication and stuff. They, I don't know, it, it's it's a fun concept. I like, <laughs> I like the personification of food in that regard, especially when they're not even talking, really. They make, like, little mumbling sounds. Yeah. I, w- I would say the most missed opportunity is you have all these loose threads that are really used to make one or two jokes, like the sales pitch guy, or the cops in the beginning, or these members of the team that are never really seen again, and you could have had them all come back at the end, because at the end they have like a small group of civilians that use- that they used to stomp on tomatoes, which were probably just people they got to come in and do this for volunteer work or whatever but if you had some other characters meet like there's so many characters in this movie that never meet each other like they don't even know the other person exists and if you just sort of sure make it a little longer just have the different stories connect in a way that feels satisfying like when in uh for example the mandalorian in the first season they uh the mandalorian meets a few different people and at the end some of these people come together and help him on his last like thing of the season and that's satisfying it makes you feel rewarded for being invested and this movie just sort of forgets about these characters and things and just sort of does its own thing which you know to to a certain extent it's fine but just don't have so many characters you don't need it yeah even the soldier characters one of the stronger characters because he has a very clear personality like he uses uh he takes out the villain he doesn't even shoot him he uses his sword i would imagine the soldier would have a gun right yeah the uh or you know he's a pilot i don't know maybe maybe he doesn't i'm not sure where did he get the sword that's my question i think he had he had it on him yeah yeah it was just his sword uh but like the fact that he just keeps his parachute on at all times and it, like, directly contributes to how he's chasing a, uh, the villain or how he um, gets it stuck in the car door. Like, yeah. they use that well um, enough, and he's clearly not a very smart character. And I don't know, I the parachute bit, it got me. Like, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. The thing I did not understand was the president and his whole pen thing. I didn't get that either. It's yeah. just another missed joke. He, he had to, like, sign a bunch of pieces of paper, but, like, with a different pen every time. And when he finally got to the bottom of his box of pens, a bunch more pens arrived. Yeah, yeah. He was just signing papers to sign papers. And then crumpling yeah, them up. Yeah, they're even labeled presidential signing paper, which is just far <laughs> for him to sign. Yeah, it's, it's, that's some real Shin Godzilla commentary right there on, yeah. the, on the government or yeah, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I, I didn't even know that guy was the, the president at first until someone, you know, calls him it. Like, he just sort of looks like a regular guy. There, there, there are those people in the board meeting or the boardroom, like some senators or something. Yeah. 
which they also aren't, they never really do anything, which is, that more, even more so reminds me of Shin Godzilla in a weird, twisted way. It's, yeah, it's just a little, like, it's goofy. And there are a few, a few jokes I quite like where they're handing out papers and they're like, I thought everyone was supposed to get one. They start, like, looking around for it. It's just, I don't know, it's just goofy. Yeah. And, and it's sort of charming in that aspect. They really, you know, they go for it. I just don't think that they succeed in every way they wanted to. Yeah. Like, near the beginning, they said they, like, had a robot person, and we saw him, and they asked him to, like, run and jump. Yeah, yeah. what was that? I, yeah, I forgot that was about just that. Like, yeah, there are so many parts of the movie that you just kind of, like, forget about after watching it. <laughs> I think they it's did like, too. What, yeah. what is that? What was that? Like, that was not relevant at all. It, yeah, it does really feel like first draft. <laughs> like, it feels like a pilot to a show, almost. It's it's a shame, because there clearly is some material there that you can use. Like, there, I think there are funny jokes. I did laugh. There are... Yeah, same. There is a certain t- amount of love put into the project that, you know, they clearly had a, a goal... And I yeah. think the execution was a little floppy, a little sloppy. And it just sort of, I don't know, it's this, it's this mess, but I think it's okay with being a mess. I don't know. It, it's, a, it's a weird, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a movie. It is. It certainly was a movie. The sequel got a much better cast and everything, and then they made two more after that. Okay. Yeah, I'm interested. The sequel probably had a higher budget, too. Like, it obviously did well enough. Yeah, pull, pull it up. The, like, confusing part, though, was, like, at the end of this movie, it, like, hints at there being the next movie being, like, Attack of the Killer Carrots. Yeah, they do a carrot tease, and it has, like, a chipmunk voice. And then, like, all the sequel movies have nothing to do with carrots. It's still tomatoes. Who knows? Maybe they bring it up briefly. So, just FYI, this movie's budget was uh, between 90 and 100,000, so it's definitely considered a success at making... 567,000. Wow, quintupled its budget. And then the um the sequel had a budget of 1 million and really? also Whoa. quintupled its budget making 5 million. Wow. God damn. <laughs> that is a lot. What, what what year was the sequel? 88, so 10 88, years apart. 10 years. So it had probably built up some sort of cult following by then. Yeah, I, I guess. Is it better, though? <laughs> the reviews on Letterboxd were ever so slightly higher, but it, it was still overall negative. It's a, strange, it's a strange one. I'm happy I've seen it. I sort of live for these movies where... Or I, I sort of live for the, the movies that are trying really hard to be made, but just don't fa- like, fail miserably. I think to a certain extent, there is a So Bad It's Good. I think the best So Bad It's Good movies are those that are not self-aware. Like Birdemic or um, The Room, which I've not seen The Room. Uh, Birdemic, I definitely can speak a little more on. Um, This one is, I don't know. It's hard because you sort of want to let it get away with some of the things that it does because it's self-aware. And in other instances, you you have to take a step back and be like, well, no, that's that doesn't work. That's that's bad. Yeah, it's very bizarre. And I'm happy that they've made sequels to it because I will check them out. I'm I'm happy I own it. I, <laughs> I I wouldn't mind doing a review on this series at some point. I think it could make for interesting content. It's just, yeah, it's all over the place, and it's sort of, it has a very clear voice, has a very clear vision. Mm-hmm. There are jokes that land, there are jokes that don't land. The characters I like, there are characters that I just have no idea what we're going on with them. Yeah. No, no one was particularly unlikable, I don't think, except for this uh, sales pitch guy. It knew what it wanted to do. I just don't think it did it very well. And I don't think that... I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to describe it exactly. Well, if it didn't hit the mark this time, it might have in the sequel, seeing as how much it made and how well it did. 
Yeah. And then, in case it doesn't even hit its mark there, it had two direct-to-DVD releases so after that. So they were direct-to-DVD. Yeah. Cool. Great. So you know those are always good. The, yeah, the uh, I forgot to mention, there's a battle scene in the city, which I wish there was more of that, because that I was a little more like, all right, it's going down. And maybe there is more of that in the sequel. I wouldn't be surprised. But there's like just a few shots where it's a miniature for some reason. Like they, yeah. they bring out this real tank and there's like a couple miniature shots. And it, that doesn't really look good. There's stop motion of tomatoes in a, a <laughs> grocery store randomly. Oh, yeah. It's like one of the pictures on the back of the Blu-ray case. Like what? <laughs> like just weird stuff like that. It's so out of place. And it's. Like, it feels, it's weird when you have, like, an entire movie where almost every scene feels like it's a little out of place in some way. Yeah. Or, like, there's even, like, the radio bit where it's, like, the news, like, the breaking news, and they just keep reannouncing themselves and introducing oh, yeah. themselves. <laughs> that was, I like that. Yeah. I like that scene, too. Like, th- there's stuff there that works. It's just so, I don't know, it's so... It's just why. It's really messy. <laughs> yeah use it's a good editor or something but then again what would you even edit it down to it's sort of a it's a mess <laughs> yeah you could you could i feel like the best way to describe it is you could edit it to a like 10 minutes like attack of the killer tomatoes best moments montage on yeah. youtube like that's sort of what i feel like it is yeah you could just cut it down to that i feel like yeah that's all you need to do pretty much if you kept basically just the fight scenes, yeah, you'd pretty much be, be there. The fight, yeah, the fight scenes. If you could call it that, would would you like to see this film? Maybe not the exact exact plot, but the premise, and maybe some of the characters. Would you like to see it remade today, with however size budget, but obviously updated to feel a little more real. And with more, with more talented, more experienced comedic writers. It depends. Depends what we're considering talent. <laughs> if we're, um, maybe if it's like a Seth Rogen movie or something, <laughs> uh, I get to see James Franco die brutally to a tomato, then yeah, that would be pretty entertaining. But if we're talking like I, maybe... I feel like that, that would be like where it'd be really lazy and lame and cheap if it was I feel one like of those. it would be entertaining because when even though those movies are are lazy and cheap like this is the end and everything they were good yeah, yeah i like this is the end but if it's like if it's like a bunch of uninspired like if i have to watch amy schumer's attack of the killer tomatoes where she talks oh, about God. it's not on it's not on tomatoes and she just talks about how nasty her body is for two hours and there's a <laughs> tomato or two here you know yeah, I think I'd rather die. Yeah, if it's made by like the same people who made the incredible film Office Christmas Party, oh. like like yeah, what, what what a masterpiece that that stuff is like. Oh, the masterpiece. I don't know. I no, I I, I reference the filmmaker a lot because he's one of my favorite directors and he's a really solid actor, especially in his own work. But I think if you gave this to something like Taika Waititi, um. That could really work because he did obviously what we do in the shadows, Thor Ragnarok, Jojo Rabbit. He like I think he knows the parody uh, genre well with what we do in the shadows. He is okay with camp with like Thor Ragnarok. I know he wants to do a Flash Gordon movie. I think he would probably be the one who would be and he and he can get a larger budget. I feel like he would be the one to best helm something like it. Other than that, you know, whatever. Maybe I'll maybe I'll make it in the future. Hell yeah! I say pitch it to Anna. You know, Evangelion X. <laughs> yeah. Killer Tomatoes. You know, it's probably about the only thing they haven't done. As far as they're not in Fortnite yet. Time will come. <laughs> yeah, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes Fortnite uh, skin. Me and Rory actually. Uh, um, we were talking about the Suicide Squad, and Rory said that he thinks the reason it's good is because we. While watching it, we made no Fortnite jokes to yeah. each other, yeah. which um, there's there was definitely an opportunity. There was one particular moment I'll, I'll tell you guys about it after. But holy crap, could have made that joke. But that you know, maybe yeah. that is the determinant of whether or not it's a good movie. Because I made a Fortnite joke during this movie, during the scene. I was like, oh, the the dance scene with the army. I was like, oh, it's the next Icon series emote, like just that crap, you know. 
don't think Fortnite would want to associate with them either, because I'm pretty sure the tomatoes are Nazis in the second in the sequel. I'm like eighty percent sure the tomatoes turn into like neo Nazis or something. Well, cons- That's fine. Considering in this one they had a dude dressed up as Hitler with like Yeah, you can put him in Fortnite. I'll play I'll play as the the black Hitler. Victory Royale. Yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think even that stuff, I don't think that's too offensive. No, it isn't. You can get away with stuff like that. You could get yeah. away with more today, even, I think. I'm surprised there's no, like... Like, it's gonna sound stupid, but I'm, like, I'm surprised they didn't attempt any, like, tomato sex scene. <laughs> no, that is Save it kind for the of sequel. Surprising. I bet there's tomato sex in the sequel, B-movie <laughs> style or something. Oh, yeah. Because that is something you would think you would parody in yeah. a movie like this. I don't know. Like... It, it's weird to say that Attack of the Killer Tomatoes has like potential for sex scenes. No, no, I mean, I mean, I mean for 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 like a a good movie. Yeah. Like there's something. I I think it is to an extent that you can make anything and not have it be the worst thing because I don't think this is the worst thing I've ever seen. Like like it's no. it's way better than Terror at Blood Fart Lake, which. <laughs> is a movie that i watched i feel bad giving that like a one out of ten but you know because there are parts i enjoyed it's just so gross it is like an amy schumer type beat this i feel it's more i feel this is very closely related to my thoughts on velocipaster which is (laughs) oh yeah it's a spoof and it knows what it is and there are parts that are intentionally bad Yet at the same time, sometimes it's just a little too intentionally bad. Um, and it doesn't always work. But I still enjoy it. I like what it's going for. It's, it's, just, a, it's just a little bit of a shame. But I think they gave it the best shot that they could. I yeah. think you just need better writers, really. Better than Sharknado. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I'd say it's better than Mega Shark versus Mecha Shark. What, 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 you guys have any closing thoughts you guys want to give your rating? Honestly, probably a three or a four. Nothing, nothing awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I, I think I, uh, I'm feeling same rating I gave the loss of pastor. I'll give it a five. I don't, <laughs> I, you know, there is a part of me that feels a little bad for giving it one score under Shin Godzilla. <laughs> but uh, my enjoyment levels are pr- pretty similar, uh, really, of the two films. That's pretty fair. Yeah, I. Uh, it's it's, I would say yeah, it's a bad movie, but it's not the worst thing. Five five out of ten, I feel I feel comfortable giving it that. Yeah, I'd probably give it a four, cause like it was, it was not the greatest movie, but it was still like kind of entertaining to watch. And some of the jokes did land. So, yeah. It's light, right? Yeah. Like, I feel like it is something I could put on and not worry about anything else. Yeah, exactly. Sort of get away from any problems that the world's in right now. It's like this sort of weird chunk out of time. Yeah, just be confused on the trip that is no, um, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. No, um, Tomato Taliban in this one? <laughs> No, no, there was one man who looked like he might have been from the Middle East, but I'm pretty sure it was a white guy playing him. So, that was, yeah, it was a little weird. One of the extras. Some bad wigs in the movie. It, it's just like... Oh, yeah. It's a notable piece of cinema. They should really uh, consider a Criterion release of this. Uh, I, I wouldn't mind. My Blu-ray came with a poster. I wish it came with a booklet on it, because that would be such a fascinating read, I think. Yeah. There's the voiceover version or whatever. There's a commentary. Yeah. I, sh- I should listen to that. I have not... I've never listened to a commentary. Mm-hmm. I thought about listening to the Lego movie when I have, but it's just the cast, and I don't know if they'd... Uh, it's, it wouldn't be very retrospective as all. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. All right. I think that's it for our discussion for Attack of the COVID Tomatoes. And because this is the first podcast after a long hiatus, I think that's the show. Obviously, sometimes I would do a question thing on my instagram but 
no one ever asks anything so it's fine whatever we're not there yet i don't have that sort of audience but it's fine i don't care no one listens to this part of the show anyways do you guys have any closing things to say for the show Take that as a no. I mean, I think that's some fine entertainment right there. Yeah, a little, a little Pringle ASMR. Yeah. Hopefully that gain is not too, too high, on the mic. Hopefully. Anyhow, thank you everyone for listening to the show, especially if you've made it to this point. Uh, yeah. Big things are coming to the channel, specifically the twenty twenty Bennies. It will be released before the end of the year. Um, Hopefully, and hopefully this podcast can continue. Um, who knows? Maybe weekly. We'll certainly see. Thank you, both of you guys, for joining me today. It was a pleasure. Real long time since I've watched two movies in one day, so I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thoroughly enjoyed our discussion. We're all tired. It's been over an hour here talking. <laughs> so, um, again, thank you all for listening, and as always, stay tuned.